Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be continuing our World Showcase series. We're just making our way around the on, around the world, huh? We sure are. Yes, Canada, England, now France. France, yes. I almost feel like we should have included the little area in between France and the UK where you go to like the Skyliners. Oh, the uh, International Gateway. We could have done an entire episode on that. I know. I love that. I know. For real. That would have been sweet. (laughs) It's not part of World Showcase. so It's not. Maybe we can do like a mini little like five minute stinger on that. And that would be totally cool. Um, okay, so we every week for World Showcase, we have incredible guests joining us. And this week we are this week we are fortunate enough to have our friend Larissa Morantz coming back on the show. If you recall, she joined us for our Disney Artist Spotlight series. And it was her first time at uh, the Festival of the Arts in Epcot. And we are so excited to have her back to talk with us about France. So, Larissa, welcome back to the show. And thank you for being flexible and taking time out of your vacation in Hawaii to join us. Bonjour and aloha from the island of Kauai. Yeah, I'm on Kauai, not Maui. And I know this podcast will be released later, but currently Maui is in a devastating loss. I'm safe but saddened by what's going on, but I'm very happy to be here with both you, Stephen and Paige. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah, awesome. we're really happy to have you back on too. It's exciting. Um, yeah, so I, it's, yeah, it's crazy what's going on out there. I have a cousin who was literally in Maui and I just heard that she left today. Like she got a flight back out up to Washington where she lives. So yeah, it's no joke. It's crazy. And of course, like being from California, you're kind of used to it, right? Like all that kind of stuff. It just sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Unfortunately, that's the state of the world we live in. It's really sad and tragic, no matter where it happens. Absolutely. Well, we can shift gears slightly. I know that, you know, that's all important, but we can talk a little bit about like an imaginary country and sort of lift some spirits here. So when we basically, we, we reached out to all of our guests and I basically gave them options. So I was like, listen, these are all the, you know, pavilions, pick what you want to give me at least your top three. And I think we were fortunate enough to give you your number one choice, yeah. which was France. So I was really, a lot of our guests that we had, I was able to give them their number ones, which I was really happy about. So I'm stoked about this. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. They, we recently recorded, we're recording these all out of order, just like based on guest availability. And last night we actually recorded the American pavilion and there's so little to do there that we were fortunately our guest for that show was like a Disney expert and she works there and she's been there for like a decade but we were kind of like twiddling our thumbs talking about shops and dining and the attractions but this one Paige and I were looking through it and I'm like oh my gosh there's like seven dining options six shops three four attractions so there's a whole lot to cover in this one and I'm really glad that we get to change it up a little bit and do something that has a little bit more like depth behind it yeah i'm excited too absolutely well i'm gonna kick it off with just a few opening questions to you larissa as steven mentioned you were at festival of the arts this year for the first time was that actually your first trip to epcot 
No, it wasn't. I had been to Epcot years ago as a teenager with my family, with my father and my sister. And I I actually picked France as my pavilion because it was the pavilion that we dined in when I was a teenager. And I fell in love with France just because I was there at Epcot and actually made the decision at that moment to visit France. And and I did. So yeah, thanks, Disney World. You, <laughs> <laughs> you changed the trajectory of my, my travel. That's I love amazing. that. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know why, but I had it in my head that this last time was your first time going. It was my first time being at the Festival of the Arts and as an adult. So, but yes, it was, it's always a different experience. I mean, it's been decades since I've been. Yeah. Do you remember where you ate? Yes. It's the main restaurant that right out so, front. Like on the, I don't know what it's called, but it's like if you were on the Champs Elysees and you were having <laughs> like a restaurant there, it's in. And we dined, I dined there again. I believe it's I Le Chefs de France. Is I the think one. that's what it is. And just like always, I'm going to try to pronounce things properly, but I'm <laughs> a terrible American and I will mispronounce a lot of the French words. So we'll see how it goes. I nailed the American pavilion. Of course you did. <laughs> but the rest of them have been a little bit more tricky for me. Well, that's awesome. I love that. We will definitely get into the restaurants and stuff. But what I will say is I'm just going to just for our listeners. And if you have not been there before, I'm just going to get a quick overview um, of the French Pavilion as well as its history and its layout. And hopefully what this will do will kind of um, spark our memory of it because I haven't been in uh, since October. So in Disney years, that's forever. Um, And hopefully this will give us a quick reminder. So the France Pavilion is themed to look like a Paris neighborhood with a pool and fountain and a view of the Eiffel Tower in the distance, most of its shops uh, on the streets are actual shops selling French goods like perfumes and all kinds of like pastries and desserts and all kinds of other things. The pavilion also features Impressions de France, a panoramic movie which visits Fran- uh, France's cities and historical structures. It, it, there, there's a Beauty and the Beast sing-along there. There are restaurants and like uh, so many different things that you can basically experience. And then, of course, we know that in 2020, there was the expansion of the pavilion for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, a ride that I have a million things to say about. And that brought in a brand new courtyard that really expanded the pavilion back, uh, which I think is really cool and kind of helps to add in a whole lot more to see in this already really popular and really big pavilion. So the Epcot France Pavilion, it's from a history perspective, it is based off of France's Belle. Oh man, I'm not even going to try what's called the beautiful age or that era. And Imagineers felt that this period best represented the country's creative and romantic periods where art Nouveau and Impressionism was quickly rising. So this era was the beginning of France's modernization. And you can really feel that the Imagineers' inspiration of the small town provinces as you you know go deeper into the pavilion and explore it and stuff like that. Um, of course, we know this is nestled between Morocco and the United Kingdom. And if you enter from the International Gateway, 
You have to cross a bridge that symbolizes Pont des Arts, Paris's first metal bridge. I did not know that until this recording. The waterway near the pavilion is meant to represent the peaceful Seine River. S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-I-S-E-
like a weird experience that kind of took you out of the moment right. of it's I, like seeing your teacher at the grocery store it just doesn't fit yeah <laughs> i would love to share that when i was i think i was 16 when i was there and we were at the restaurant and so yes i was young teenage girl and our waiter was of course french and I kind of fell in love with him. He was kind of beautiful <laughs> and his accent and the way he was talking. I never experienced anything in that, like that in my life. And I think at that moment, that's when I decided I am going to France mm-hmm. and I am going to learn French because it was, it's such a beautiful language. And I did, I'm telling you, I went to France because of being in that pavilion. I learned French before I went to France, but je parle un petit peu. So I only speak a little bit and I know just enough to get myself in trouble. I also know that my accent is très bien because I have been told, but it I get in trouble for that too, because I really don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> and I don't so, know what anyone else is saying either. I have a very interesting experience with, so I've never been to, I've never been to France before, but I did work for a brief period of time. This story is unrelated, but here it goes. Um, I worked for a brief period of time as a bellman in a, a Marriott hotel in Napa Valley, California, where I grew up. And so I experienced. You grew up in Napa know, Valley? I did. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. That's incredible. I know. It was, it, it's uh, one of those things where you don't realize that it's kind of special and interesting until you are like, I can't be here anymore. And then you leave which is exactly why I'm on the East Coast right now, because I was like, I can't be here anymore. This is insane. <laughs> but anyway, I was a bellman at a Marriott. So I saw, you know, everyone that came were tourists, whether local or international. And I would frequently run into European guests. You know, a lot of them were French or Italian or whatever. And my experience with the French guests, I don't think we have any French listeners, so it's fine. I don't know, though. I really do know. I have analytics. I have analytics to tell me. Um, right. Anyways, I, I brought their bags up to their room and a French gentleman proceeded to fart on me. And then he like laughed and went into his room. And I was like, wow, like he lifted up his leg and just let one go. And I was like, geez, okay. But I know that's also very European. So I don't judge. It was and it's a story that I hold close to my heart, like over a decade later. So it's how it goes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. France, man. It's crazy. Paige has been before you've been to Paris. I've been to France for one day because we one day. Spent, yes, we spent a week or 10 days in Europe, but we spent most of the time in England, um, mm-hmm. a few days in London and then. I have some extended family that lived in Minchin Hampton. So just like a little countryside outside of London. So we visited them and then we just took the English Channel to Paris for a day and then took it back to London. Did you see the Eiffel Tower? We did. We went up the Eiffel Tower. I don't really have too many memories from Paris other than seeing the Eiffel Tower. Just I was only 10. So it's a little murky. I remember some of the stuff about London just because we were there for more days, but it was really beautiful. I would love to go back. Yeah, you guys should. You should bring. We will. When our kids are older and when half of our children are born, finally, 
we'll go back. <laughs> so, or well, I'll go for the first time. You'll go back, I should yes. say. Yeah. So in in the France Pavilion, we have a plethora of things. So I'm just going to start with the attractions. So uh, there is, there are really technically like four things to do, maybe five, like four and a half. So the first one is in the cinema area where you have Impressions de France. And it is an 18 minute film about France, similar to what you experience in like China or Canada. And in that same area, you have the Beauty and the Beast sing-along, which I believe has been was closed for a short time. But I think it's back. Don't quote me on that, but I'm almost I think it might be back. Paige is gonna pick it up. Um, also there is the Kid Caught Fun Stop. Right. So we they, that's been in every one. We've basically covered those. And then in 2022, they created the DuckTales World Showcase Adventure, which is exclusive to the Disney Play app. So that's kind of why I said like four and a half, because like that's not really something to do there. But there is like a pit stop with your phone if you want to drain your battery and not pay attention. Um, and then finally, they added like the crown jewel. I would say of the France Pavilion with Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, which is incredible. I could spend a whole episode talking about that ride. I would love to hear you spend a whole episode talking about it because I didn't get a chance <laughs> to go on it. Mm. What's up? Beauty Page. and the Beast sing along is back. Yes. Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I would like to ride it again because the only time we've ridden it. I spent the entire time watching Steven's face and our daughter's face mm-hmm. because I knew how excited Steven was mm-hmm. and how excited she was to get to ride a ride that I hardly paid attention to the attraction. And I just watched their faces, which as a wife and a mom was like the most special thing that like I hold that memory dear to my heart for that reason. But I would also like to experience the attraction yeah. for myself. So. I came dangerously close to wearing my Ratatouille button-up shirt today. I almost <laughs> did. And I was like, that's too on the... Even though this no one will see this, I was like, it's a little too on the nose. Oh, um, I like it. But I, I do have a button-up Ratatouille shirt. It's great. So the ride is... I So Ratatouille is my all-time favorite Disney film. Like, period. I think it's so beautiful. It's so well done. And... So basically what happened was we were able to write it and I'll, I can, we already told the story once, but I can say it again. It's not a big deal, but basically the ride is, so it's a trackless ride system. And what really threw me for a loop with it is that it's half English, half French, which I was not expecting at all because the movie is pretty much like entirely in English. So that was one thing that was kind of crazy. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, you shrink down and you just have this world of havoc as a little rat in the streets of Paris and you know are you go into Gusteau's and there's you know you are ducking and dodging underneath the um, all of the little you know food stations you there's there's a lot of areas where like you're with like real props where you're kind of going through the refrigerator and you see these larger than life foods you get the choice, not really the choice, but you are either in like an Emil or a Remy uh, ride vehicle. It's just so much fun. And I, some people, I think we talked to someone recently who said that they didn't, that it, they were disappointed by it. I don't remember who that was. but It was Christina on our yeah. last episode. Yeah, on the last episode in the UK, 
uh, our friend Christina was saying it, she was underwhelmed by it, which I can understand, but I, I was really? like, it was everything and more for me personally. Yeah, everything is it's so subjective. So for you, it being your favorite movie, it was amazing. But for what did she say why she was underwhelmed by it? I'm so curious. I just think that she expected more out of it. And you can listen to last week's episode, wink, right. wink, um, <laughs> and, and here. But I think she just said that she expected a little bit more out of it, which I can totally understand. Yeah, I think I've had a conversation with her about it. And I think it also had to do with the fact that we have all of these other new attractions like Rise of the Resistance, mm -hmm. where you have such high technology trackless ride mm -hmm. system that she was expecting something more or different from Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And it wasn't any better than Rise of the Resistance. So I think it was because they came out around similar times. Well, the thing is, though, is this was a complete replica of what was in Disneyland Paris Correct. years ago. Right. So it's not like they had big, new, innovative technologies. Right. My my story is that um, we went to Epcot early and the new big thing was Cosmic Rewind, Guardians of the Galaxy. And so Paige and I were like darn sure to make, to make it a priority. That is what we were going to go on. And I had never ridden that or had I ever ridden Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. And so basically what ended up happening was I had every intention on getting there as early as possible. But, you know, when man makes plans your baby says otherwise. And so our daughter had like a really kind of grumpy morning and it was very difficult to like coerce her to get up and get ready to go. And she was like 10 months old. So what are you going to do? And so we ended up taking the Skyliner from our resort over to the international gateway. And we got into Epcot, I think like 45 minutes after early opening for people who were staying on property. And the line was already like 90 minutes long. So we were just like, completely out of luck so the entire day i basically had in the back of my mind like i don't think i'm going to ride this and this really is a humongous bummer and so toward the very end of our trip i think this was right before we decided to go over to hollywood studios for a couple of hours Paige wanted to go to the uk pavilion to just sort of you know shop around and do some things and i'm like listen i'm just gonna go take some pictures of the entrance of remy's and i'm just gonna go check it out and just see it and so I, I got talking to a cast member and the line was like over an hour and a half long it was insane which i can understand like i, I don't think it's worth waiting an hour and a half for i can see how that would be a, a red flag for some folks but anyway i'm talking to this guy and i'm explaining you know hey we just got here where this is our last day rather i really was hoping to check this out is it always like this or is this like a special day and i wasn't like asking to you know for, for a ride or for any special treatment i was just trying to get a feel for you know what why it was the way it was and if this was unusual or not and i was like yeah i really wanted to go on it with my family but i you know it's just we're weren't able to today so maybe next time i come and he's like well how many people do you have and i said well we have my wife and i and then our, our baby and he was like hang on a second and he like leaves and comes back and he's like if you can get your wife here right now i get you to the front of the line and so I like called Paige in a frantic and like a total frenzy. And I'm like, you need to get to the here, like right now to this ride. I just got us on. We're they're rolling out the red carpet, baby. And so she came over and he just walked us right up to the front of the line and basically like picked me up and put me on the ride vehicle. And it was incredible. Like, I think I was like smiling and just so happy the rest of the oh, day yes. because of just like what an experience that was. 
And also because it was a ride I desperately wanted to go on. And also it was like a huge burst of Disney hospitality that you you only see every small once in a while. So yeah, that's my story about the ride. Incredible. I remember this story. I know I've heard the story before and I can't remember if I heard it while we were talking the last time or if it was during another episode, but I know, but I remember the magic. I remember the magic. You're telling that story and thinking like, yep, there it is. There it is. Exactly. You know? So anyway, that's, it's a great ride. I I think, I do think that it's a big deal for, you know, the France pavilion to have that because the rest of them are, you know, I mean, beauty and the beast shows fun, but it's not like a huge draw. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't been to the Beauty and the Beast sing along in France. I've only been to the Beauty and the Beast show in Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I haven't been to either. It's the only one I've been to. Yeah. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Deep Cut. Deep Cut are makers and purveyors of some of the most incredible record displays and accessories on the market today. Right now, you can check out their pre-sale of their floating record player table. It's the perfect home for your record player setup. This wall-mounted table features a clean look free of messy wires, the beauty of natural hardwood, vibration-dampening design for a better sound, and the small footprint suitable for any space. Every last detail is considered in the design. Every component is best in breed. From the thick hardwood slab to the hand-welded brackets to the powder-coated metal cable management cubby, this is form meets function in the most satisfying way. It's the premium record player shelf that your system deserves. We love these guys and we cannot say enough about how great their quality uh, stuff is. You can get 10% off your first order with DeepCut using the code TPA10 at checkout. Check out deepcut.co and again, use that code TPA10 at checkout. Thank you so much to DeepCut for sponsoring the Parks Academy and being part of our show. We really appreciate you guys, and we cannot get enough of your stuff. And now, back to the show. So, you didn't get a chance to ride Ratatouille, but have you? Did you get to do the show or the France, like the impressions of France or anything like that? Okay, I ate the food, mm-hmm. and I ate. The food. That's what I do when I go on vacation. Is I eat, and I was just telling my friend this because we are in Kauai, and I said I don't need to do anything i just need to eat the food so i had the food in the restaurant and then we had crepes and i have a funny story about the crepes but i I didn't i did not go on the ride i did not see the sing-along i sat by the fountain and ate crepes once and then i went back and got crepes a second time and that was kind of interesting (laughs) Is that the funny story? Because I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So the this was Festival of the Arts. And my friend and I, we were there to see. We went back specifically to see the fireworks show, which is phenomenal, incredible. Mm-hmm. And we found a special space to sit in over in the American Pavilion. So we were sitting right by the gate. We found a little spot. We sat down. And I had said that we needed to have crepes that day. And it was almost the end of the day. And I thought, we haven't had crepes yet. This is a problem. So I said, I'm going to go get crepes. And she said, well, make sure you get back here by the time the fireworks 
show starts. And I thought that the fireworks show started at a particular time. Okay. So I thought, no, we've got, I've got plenty of time. I'm going to run over there, get my crepes, stand in line and go back. So I'm in the line waiting for crepes and other people are also there to see the fireworks show also concerned about whether or not they're going to miss it. And I'm telling everybody, don't worry, the fireworks show starts at such and such time. And so everyone's being comforted by my incorrect knowledge of what time the fireworks show started. So we're in line. I'm just about getting my crepes. I'm, I've almost got them in my grubby little paws. And we hear the boom. We hear the fireworks starting. And by the way, the crepes are not, the crepes building is mm -hmm. not anywhere near the place you could see the fireworks. So right. It's, so it's tucked away for sure. Tucked in the back. I feel horrible that I have totally ruined the beginning of the fireworks show for these people who, who also <laughs> desired crepes oh, with me. And so there's this funny girl who we both grabbed our crepes and we were running as fast as we could down the that little street and I took a right and she took a left and I ran to the American Pavilion and I'm running with two plates of crepes in my hands and trying to look at the fireworks as I pass through each pavilion and I pass through every building that has you know an opening and I had my crepes we had our crepes as we yeah. watch the yeah, but that's good. No, I, that's I'm funny. Like... <laughs> that's like the exact like actually shoot the messenger reference because you were giving the wrong information. Yeah, that's I crazy. Don't trust oh my me gosh. for any numerical information. <laughs> I am numerically challenged. So you tell me how the time something starts. Just you better check with someone else. <laughs> yeah. We did something similar to where we went in 2019, and we usually would would go around my birthday in like April for it kind of just coincided with Paige's spring break as a teacher and uh, we went to go eat at the Japan pavilion and uh, she really wanted to not miss the uh, illumination since it might be one of the last times we would ever see it and we totally missed it because we were eating hibachi and that was on me somehow it was mm -hmm. on me I don't know how but I'm just gonna take the blame it was delicious, but not worth missing our very last time that we could have seen Illuminations. Yeah. So we just watched it on YouTube and like shed some tears and whatnot. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty incredible that you can watch the fireworks you, um, on the YouTubes. I will. <laughs> yeah. I know this doesn't have anything to do with Pavilion, but I will say that I was actually working on a particular piece, a Disney piece. when. And it's very relatable to the Fantasia fire that happened in Disneyland. And I was living about, I was living very close to Disneyland when it happened. So I could hear the, I could hear the ambulances and the fire trucks and everything going wow. to Disneyland. And it's crazy because I was actually working on a Maleficent piece when it happened. Wow. So, wow. But and I bring that up only because I'd never seen Fantasmic and I had to watch the show on the YouTubes because I don't know if I'll ever see it. Yeah. It should come back and it will and it is in Hollywood Studios. In Walt Disney but... World it is back. Yep. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. And there's I, a chance I, I can Yes. I think I heard it's gonna be back in twenty twenty four in Disneyland. So there there is a chance, you know. Dragons catch on fire all the time. Um, so it should be good.
Okay, let's, since I was going to go to shops next, but I feel like we should probably just hit up restaurants and dining since you were talking about it. So I think you were talking about the crepery. The, so so here's the restaurants. You have Chefs de France. I'm smiling. It's de. Just de. Chefs, Chefs de, de France. Chefs de France. De. The Crêperie de Paris, uh, <laughs> a patisserie, uh, Monsieur Paul, Le Artisan de Glacé, and then Le Something Rather, another patisserie. <laughs> so this is like giving me flashbacks to community college in Spanish class when my teacher would yell at me for not <laughs> pronouncing things correctly. So basically, all that is to say is you have a crepe place, you have a main restaurant, you have a dessert bar, you have an upstairs from Chefs de France. It's like a it's like a bar. It's like a French bar, basically. You have an artisan dessert shop slash ice cream. And then in the back, you have a bakery tucked away all the way into the pavilion. So I'm so sorry for the way that I pronounced these, but maybe I'll just toss these. In I'll the handle the Mexico pavilion episode. <laughs> I'm actually okay at that. It's the France. It's the France that I'm not good at. I'm gonna <laughs> pop these in chat on here on our video so you guys can see them if you want to. But basically, so the main restaurant up until 2013, they did have, and I, I regret that I can't see this anymore. But like speaking of ratatouille, they did have this thing where cast members would come to your table with like a little tray of food, and they would lift up the top of the food tray and there'd be like a little animatronic Remy with his little chef's hat. Like, or I don't know if he had a chef's hat, but he was waiting for you under it and he would like interact with you and stuff. And why they took that away. I do not know because so cute. That's in, have you seen pictures of it? No, it's one of the greatest. It's one of the greatest joys in the world to me is that you could have a little animatronic rat, like interacting with you when you were eating your dinner. And I don't, I mean, 2013 is when they got rid of it. I really don't know why or I think they should have kept it. It's such a fun little thing. Do you see what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I wish. I'm looking mm. it up now because everything's just showing Remy's Ratatouille adventure. Yeah. Anyway, we Paige and I did have plans to eat there, but we unfortunately had to skip because we did Food and Wine Festival instead, which is something we will cover on one of our other episodes, or maybe we've already covered it, but. Uh, that's one of the burdens of eating at food and wine festivals. You do miss on like dining reservations at the big restaurants. Yeah. Well, you want to eat all the small fun things that are, that are kind of showcased in the food and wine festivals. Exactly. And I think the other thing about food and wine too, is they add in countries that aren't in the pavilions already. Right. So you can go, like I know in the United Kingdom, there's a, a separate Ireland booth. And then there's like a Kenya booth. So they add in all these countries that you don't get to regularly eat in during non-festival times. So it's kind of nice to be able to try some of those too. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've kind of come to realize doing this pavilion mini series is that there are so many places to eat and check out that I just know that you and I haven't tapped even like I know that we've eaten. I don't think we've eaten at the crepe place, although I know I haven't. We've had the dessert shop, so I've done ice cream, and I think that we've gone to one of the bakeries, but I don't recall which one. And then one thing that I thought was kind of nice too is that above, right upstairs from Chefs de France, 
They have the Monsieur Paul, which is an homage to Paul Bacos, who was a very famous chef. And of course, Bacos Duar is named after him, the cooking competition in, in France every year. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty... I don't know anything about chefs. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's just kind of nice that they did that. It was renamed um, not that long ago in honor of him after he passed away. But yeah, no, there's like so much cool food and stuff to do there. I just, I wish I could like do more of it. Or is it your goal to eat at all of the restaurants at Disney World at some point? Like, is that like a bucket list kind of goal? All of the restaurants in Disney World or in World yeah. Showcase? World Showcase. Pardon me. No, it's okay. I just was going to say all the restaurants in Disney World would be an undertaking. Yes, that's what we meant. But yeah, the <laughs> pavilions. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I think it would be really cool to be able to eat at all of them. We've eaten at two of them. So. Oh, you've got quite a ways to go then. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. Because again, like we go during food and wine festival, yeah. typically, or some kind yeah. of festival, there's always food. And so we end up being, mm-hmm. you know, either we've spent our hundreds of dollars on small plates and drinks, or it's like we just can't eat anymore. So that's kind of what's in, what's ended up happening. We've eaten at Mexico and we've eaten at Japan, and that's it. So we still have quite a ways I, to go. I recommend the crepery for sure. Yes, yeah. I love. I mean, unless you're you, you have you do you love the crepes? Paige? I do. I love crepes. Yeah. Then you must. You absolutely must. Actually, let me rephrase that. Sorry, we've only done the sit-down dining, like the marquee restaurants in Mexico and Japan. We haven't. We've, we've eaten. Like we've eaten at other places, gone to dessert shops, and tried different things and stuff. But yeah, as far as like the sit-down dining, we've only eaten it too. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of them require reservations beforehand. So yeah, exactly. And then there's like other places to eat in Epcot as well that you may want to try, like outside of the World Showcase. Yeah, it's tough, man. You got to like be a local, <laughs> and I am not a local. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. do you remember? So you said you ate at Chefs de France like not that long ago. Do you remember what you ordered or what it was like? I got the ratatouille. Classic. Yeah, good. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, it's a good Open. dish. It's really a good dish. It is. It was delicious. I had the ratatouille with a glass of red wine, and and then I think we had the gosh, I can't remember. I know we had dessert, but I just keep thinking about the crepes that I had later. So um, yeah, do you want to hear something? It was amazing. Do you want to hear something devastating? Speaking of red wine, okay. So we went to my in laws' house tonight for dinner. My father in law mm-hmm. bought steaks and invited us over, and so we're like, of course, and so. I work adjacent to the wine industry for marketing and stuff like that. And so I have a lot of wine in my home and I brought a really nice bottle of wine that I know was not the cheapest bottle in the world. It was a gift and it was corked and I was extremely disappointed because the cork was dried out and it tasted, I tasted it. It tasted awful. It was just this whole terrible situation. And so I ended up having Chardonnay, with steak like a monster i know it was my only choice you know so i'm cleansing my palate with beer this evening Um, and yeah it was a huge disappointment like i almost just left (laughs) i came close (laughs) and my mom only ever has chardonnay so 
But I was going to bring over the, the red wine. Well, I bought your, I brought your mother Chardonnay because I'm a good son-in-law. And then, yeah, I would. But she and I were going to like enjoy the red wine together and have a whole thing. And it just was a huge failure. So a big disappointment. Oh wow, enormous. <laughs> At least like I didn't buy the steaks myself. Although, had I done that, I would have had backup red wine in the basement by my little wine cellar. You know, twirls mustache. <laughs> But well, uh, so wait, but the lesson here is to always bring a back of wine. Always bring. Yeah, two I think so. Yeah, always bring two bottle. If you, especially if you've got, if you've got a, a bit of a collection. I know. do. Yeah, I do. So I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little French myself, I suppose. Paige, in the chat, I sent over these shops. Can you read them? Because I'm just done being embarrassed. I don't know French. Somebody read. Do you them. want me to read them? Yeah, Larissa, please do. You have the best French accent I've ever heard. Merci beaucoup. Okay, I'm going to try. And you only think I have the best French accent because I've said it and you don't speak French. So, <laughs> but you're not wrong. Anyway, here yeah. we go. La Signature, French cosmetics and fragrance. Le oh, Vin you don't have to Fond. read my notes if you don't want to. Those are just my oh, okay. notes. Oh, got it. Okay, <laughs> so there's Le Vent de France, Plume Palais, The Souvenir de France. And Le Maison, wait, I said that wrong. La uh, Maison du Vent. That was there. beautiful. Okay, so basically in the shops, we're looking at French cosmetics and fragrance, fragrances, French wine, champagnes, beer, and other beverages, designer bags and fragrances, large shop at the end has a lot of, that's the souvenir shop, has a lot of like just random stuff, clothing, home decor, and they do have some stuff from Disneyland Paris. And then finally, they have another shop with, you guessed it, more wine. Wine. So there I didn't know a... they have that. Yeah, Except for, have... you know, I don't know if I should be walking around Epcot with a... <laughs> I don't know if I've seen anybody walking around Epcot with a bottle of wine, unless that was like the last place that they went. I just, I don't know. Maybe I they put it in their backpack. Maybe they put it in like a brown bag. They put it in their backpack. In the... <laughs> Your thing to do. It but, is um, I would have to guess that if you purchase wine at Epcot, similar to if you go to Wine Country or if you, I don't know, buy a Legacy lightsaber, yes. you can just have them. They can ship it to you for fairly cheap. That's probably what most people do. I would imagine. Um, they have a lot they of great also, shops there. Yes, they they do. But I that's one of the things that. Do they have, I wonder if the wine that they sell there has, you know, some Disney logo on it that makes it special, you know, that you bought this from. No, you're shaking your head no. Because no. I think that that's why I would want to buy wine from Disneyland. Otherwise, I. Yeah, uh, no, a lot of it is just French wines. There's nothing special about it. As, as similar to the fragrances and the perfumes. Like, it's just a lot of mm. just French stuff, stuff, which I mean, I wouldn't personally buy. It's like buying caramels in Germany, you know, like it's not like Mickey Mouse caramel. It's just Werther's. <laughs> it's just basically Werther's. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm sure they have some fun wine stuff, but I don't think the Walt Disney would have condoned a drunk Mickey. So I don't know if he'd be on a wine bottle. He might but be. Everybody's drinking around the world. So I don't know. Are you sure you I'm wouldn't sure condone that? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean question i've heard the french have higher tolerances so who knows yes they, yeah they start drinking early at a young age they do i don't know must be nice 
<laughs> I said that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the perfume's a little much. The designer bags aren't necessarily for me, but I do find a lot of, I think there's a lot of charm in shopping in France because there's just so many beautiful things to look at, so many great smells and just experiences. So we're taking a Yeah, photo. I can see that being the part of the experience. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You're the guest. I was just saying, you have to, <laughs> thank you. I was just going to say that when you are in these pavilions, you, the more authentic it is it, it, in of an experience, you, seeing the wine and seeing the perfumes and the crepes and just all of the things that you could buy if you were in France, you know, that is part of the being in, in the country, you know, experience. And so, yeah, sure. It makes sense that you should be able to buy wine and maybe cheese and, you know, a baguette, um, mm-hmm. croissant, right. all those things while you're there. Sure. It makes sense. Um, I was just going to say when we were in, I don't remember which shop it was per se, but they did have a lot of, here I go again, Ratatouille merchandise. And we took like the most adorable shirt, excuse me, picture of our daughter with wearing she was wearing a star wars shirt so we were going to hollywood studios that day that's why i said shirt um but she had a, a pair of like rat ears on with a little chef hat and she smiled and had like her two bottom teeth she just looked like so adorable um it was the cutest thing i've ever seen in my life uh, it was my wallpaper on my phone for like a very long time actually yeah they have that's great cute merch in mm-hmm. france we also got her and it She's about to outgrow it, but it's a cute little dress with Minnie Mouse wearing a beret and a cute little dress in front of the Eiffel Tower. They they just have such good merchandise in the Paris or in the France Pavilion. I do they serve yeah. like do they just sell like baguettes like fresh baguettes there? I don't think they do. I don't even know. They should change. That. They should. They they need to sell baguettes and croissants. For yeah. sure. I would, I With would the- down a baguette in so cheese. I think yes. I said Danish earlier, but I am almost positive that I did get an escargot croissant and it was extremely good. I had it with like a frozen, like a frosé or something, and it was like to yes. die for. Page pack. Frozen rose. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I said frosé like a fancy lad. <laughs> oh no, but I didn't know they said frosés. During food Maybe and wine. Good. I don't know if they always have it, but this was a real fun experience. Yeah, my have. And the escargot is kind of like, it's kind of like mushrooms. So it's really not bad. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Neosabers. Neosabers make incredible handcrafted lightsabers that are perfect for any Star Wars fans. Check out these pros. They have strong metal built hilts, heavy grade polycarbonate blades, technical perfection, clarity of light and sound, perfect for cosplaying, the best option for a saber collection, and they can be totally customized how you want. Check this out. Uh, Neo Sabers is different from all other sales because they focus on providing high-quality NeoPixel lightsabers that would qualify for either cosplay purposes or even light dueling. Their sabers price, uh, they say their sabers are priced low and can be guaranteed that their sabers are affordable and totally worth the purchase. You can check out their collection on their website at neosabers.com and check out their various features uh, of their NeoPixel lightsabers. Guys, I have my very own NeoPixel saber, um, and, and NeoSabers does it right. I have the Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker saber, and it is incredible. If I want it to be green and kind of act like it is from the movie, I can totally do that. 
or if I'm looking to kind of customize it, have it be, you know, a Sith Saber, or maybe, you know, give it a little bit of a different Jedi look with purple, blue, yellow, you name it. I can do all of that. My favorite thing about it, though, is that there's an app that you can use. And with that app, you can customize like how it responds to different attacks. You can set it up to where it has like force lightning, where it has a drag motion. You can you can use like all kinds of different colors to change it however you want to right within this app. Um, and then there's also customized controls within the blade itself. So you can like press the button a couple different times to um, change the color, to change the sound or the volume or whatever you want to do. I really cannot speak more highly of Neo Sabers and uh, how much we are so happy to be sponsored uh, by them and partnered with them. If you want to buy something from Neo Sabers, jump on their website and use the code TPA10 at checkout. This is going to guarantee you 10% off your purchase. And right now they are running some incredible sales. So go ahead and check out neosabers.com and get your NeoPixel Neo Sabers lightsaber today. And now back to the show. When we were talking, you were talking about the merchandise. One of the things that I loved seeing was the little Ratatouille shoulder toys where you, know, you put the yeah. little magnet on. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I think those are so special, like more special than any of those other shoulder merchandise toys is because that's really the size of what he would yeah. be. That's really yeah. the size of a rat. And everything else is like, you know, it's miniature versions. Right, and he's wearing right. his little hat. And so that's really cool. adorable. So yes, when I went to Disneyland with some friends of mine recently, and one of my girlfriends said, I need to get one of those for my son. And then we couldn't find them anywhere. Of course, when I was in Disney World, they're all over the place. So she went back and she did not bring one for her son. But because I live very, I was living very close to Disneyland, I said, I will get your son one of those things. And so I went back like almost every weekend to the Disney store, downtown Disney, looking for one. And they never had it like months. It took me months to find it. And then wow. finally they had it. I got them. But they're very popular. Is what yeah, I'm trying to say. they also For have sure. those like the actual like replica chef's hats where there's a light that comes on. You can see a little rat inside of your hat. It's just so like, anyone who doesn't like that movie, I do not trust them because it's such a good there's film. Something wrong with you. Yeah. yeah the most devastating be. part of that movie to me that just makes me tear up is when um, Remy's in and in, in Linguini's apartment for the first time. And then Linguini like flips out and is like, he stole my stuff. Of course, I invited a rat into my home. And it turns out he was making him an omelet the entire time. But that's not the sad part. The sad part is Linguini eats the omelet and he's like, oh, we're going to be late. And as soon as like Remy's about to take his first bite, he grabs him away and he doesn't get to eat his food. And that to me is like such a tragedy. It's like Shakespearean <laughs> level. It sucks. Poor guy. Really feeling for him. Yeah, he Good. just wanted his little omelet. He like served it up on a little key. It was, a, you know. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So, Paige, do you want to ask about the, um, like some of the other things that we usually try to like tap into with the lands? We've, we've done a lot of Ratatouille talk. Yes, well, and we've pretty <laughs> much covered attractions, shops, and dining. So, Larissa, I'm going to turn it back to you. Is there anything about the France Pavilion that you would add, change, or take away? Like, 
any IP that you would add or a different attraction or something else that they could offer. I feel like France is so comprehensive already. It's really well done, but we've been asking this for every pavilion. So any ideas if you were an Imagineer? Oh my gosh. If I was an Imagineer. Wow. I have, I really don't know. I, I don't know if they have, I mean, they probably do have baguettes, but I would want, I would want a street vendor screaming chapeau chapeau like trying to sell me hats like they That's do a great idea <laughs> i would want someone That's trying true. to sell me fashion from a street cart like they have in france yes and, that's um, cute i think they need more small coffees and more small cigarettes <laughs> and that would be pretty good i don't smoke yeah, we need walking around with c- cigarettes and Maybe some French people, every time you bump into them and you say you're sorry, they look at you and they go, stupid American. There you go. Yes. I don't smoke anymore, but I did tell Paige at one, because Paige has asthma, so we don't, we're we're a non-smoking house. (laughs) But I did tell her, I was like, when we go to France, you need to like, let me be for an hour so I can have a tiny little espresso and a little cigarette and just sit outside and like a striped shirt and just hang out it's my dream that's one of my that's one of my very few dreams in life is coffee and a cigarette in france so and then you can shower before you come back around yeah i'll shower and do mouthwash and the whole thing and then i'll be one of those stupid americans as you said so eloquently (laughs) so two of the other movies that are based in paris or france in general are like the aristocats and hunchback of notre dame so Mm. i do think that you know there could potentially be like a little bit of um, more IP there. And then I guess Beauty and the Beast, we really just glossed over that, but I never really think of that film being in France ever. I only think of it at the beginning of the film. I mean, I guess Cogsworth and Lumiere are kind of French, but. Well, and the whole beginning when everyone is saying bonjour. Yeah, that's a day giveaway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't really think of France with it's provincial. It's a provincial town in mm-hmm. France. So did you steal that the from the movie? And, and... <laughs> <did>. Yeah. <laughs> it's a provincial town. They say it. She says it in oh, the no, song. It's right there in the movie. Oh, it's right there. I don't, I think there's something really interesting about the hunchback of Notre Dame because that movie was it's very, it's a very different mood and a different feel for all of Disney. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this very kind of sexualized female character, you know, and th- just the whole vibe about that movie is so different. I loved that movie. Don't get me wrong, but it would be interesting to see aspects of that IP. Yeah. They could certainly add the part. They could certainly add in the part where Frollo like sings to the fire about who's attracted to Esmeralda and wants to kill her. That's a oh yeah, wild, that'd be great. Let's that's put that a in. Wild scene. I watched that movie. I don't remember when, but it was like when I was old enough to realize what was going on in the world. And I watched that part, and I was like, "Whoa, dog! You need to like chill out." That's yeah. That's kind of wild. Pretty intense. Yeah, Tony J. Very what are you un- doing? Awkward. Aren't they doing a live action? That has been rumored forever. And I think the rumor was that Josh Gad was going to play Quasimodo, which would be wild and amazing. Um, I just imagine that they would have to change it a lot to make it 
fit now. I, I, don't, know. I don't, yeah, because Frollo is like a real, uh, he's a real nasty boy. Um, no, he's really, yeah, he's a villain for sure. Yeah. And he's not, you know, there's, there, and it's different because the other villains, like let's say Jafar, other villains or Ursula, you know, there's something that's maybe a little bit likable about them, even though they're antagonists. I think just, mm. No, I think I there's think a with... scene when he eats a cherry tomato and it's very upsetting, or maybe it's a grape, but he, he's eating something and it really is unpleasant. I think it might be a grape, not a cherry tomato. Mm. Yeah, it's gross. Eating like a slick on him. <laughs> he's just gross. Yeah, there yeah. he is eating a grape. Yeah, it's really interesting. I remember seeing that film in theaters as a kid and for some reason really identifying with Quasimodo, probably because he was bumbly and had little figurines of his friends that he like would knock over and whatnot yeah i don't know um oh man i'm having all these flashbacks to when like they start choking on grapes it's really weird but i know that happens I'm having a lot of feelings right now it's interesting he is yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's going deep right just bring back jason alexander like a jason alexander meet and greet and that'd be good yeah you know i think the okay so those guys were fun the, the gargoyles statues. yeah yeah the gargoyles it, if maybe they had little animatronic gargoyles like hopping around mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go imagineers we need little animatronic gargoyles kind of hopping around in places and jason alexander could be just throwing shade at everyone yeah, right you know i i do think though the only problem with that is i think this film as fun as it is is just too far back that most children will show up and be like, what is this? The heck is that? What is yeah. this movie, you know, from 96 that, that you know, is from Victor Hugo's 1831 book? Like, what? That's not going to resonate with anyone. And it is really strange, you know, that Disney actually created that film, despite the fact that it does have incredible music and it's a lot of fun in some parts and then really tragic in other parts. Anyways, yeah, bring that to Epcot. I guess. I don't know. I feel like Aristocats too. Do kids even watch that movie anymore? We tried to put it on for our daughter last year and she wasn't really into it. My daughter was actually in the musical for both Aristocats and Beauty and Beast and she actually played Lumiere. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah, and she had a really good French accent because I told Ah, her to do it. Apple doesn't fall Um, But yeah, so she Oh, yeah. So she so she knew it, but you know, it was because they were doing the musical. And then so that was a few years ago. But I think that maybe Aristocats would probably be a better suited IP to bring into the French land. And they probably do. I know that um, they, I wonder they probably do sell like um Anne Shen's um, Dooney Burke Aristocats pieces there design. The Dooney Burke purposes for aristocats for sure. i think the most, i think the most underrated aristocats character is george hotcourt the old guy who sings sha ra ra boom da and like falls down the stairs and stuff remember that mm-hmm. part you know what i'm talking about you talk about him every time this movie comes i up. know because i love him and then he like accidentally pulls down edgar the butler's pants with like his cane and he flies <laughs> up the stairs and and uh, that's a good one, huh? That's more uplifting, and I think that movie would have a better place in there for sure, because everyone likes little kitties. 
Every, yeah. You know what? Everyone does like little kitties. And in fact, yeah. everyone loves cats and Disney cats for sure. Yeah. So. Everybody wants to be a cat. Um, okay. So <laughs> we are going to sort of wrap things up a little bit. Did you have any other questions, Paige? Or... I just have one final yeah. question that I'm going to assume I know the answer to. But what is your favorite thing to eat in France? Grapes. <laughs> grapes. Grapes. Makes sense. Sure. But the number of times you've mentioned grapes, I figured that question was a dead giveaway. But yeah, I'd be shocked yes. if you said anything right. else. Okay, right. here's my question. Did I not talk about we're asking all of our guests this, and I have to ask you as well. If you do have Disney Plus, who is your avatar on your profile? Um, I have Disney Plus, but I don't have, I think it might be Frozone. Okay. Good choice. Love that. Or Kawhi, you know what? I actually have Calliope on, on another, on like my Discord server, but I, yeah, it mm-hmm. would. It's. It might be Frozen, but it would be Calliope, the muses from Hercules. Yeah, the lead. They're awesome. They care. I yes. thought of you the other day because my parents yeah. pulled out my old, like '90s plates with the muses on it. I don't. Yes. Were they like the McDonald's plates? Yeah, they like served our daughter her lunch on them, and I'm like, hello. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this plate in like 20 years, and it made me think of you because I know you've done those beautiful artwork of them. And oh, I was like, oh, and we're about to interview Larissa, and it made me think of you. So, yeah, they were a so six, crazy. six McDonald's Disney Hercules collector set. You can buy all six on eBay right now for three hundred and twenty-five dollars. Well, my parents still have my my muses one. So funny. Well, I'm like three hundred something dollars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we wrap things up, is there anything that you would like to promote or share before we sign off? Well, I'm just excited that I'll be doing more Disney things in the future and be coming back in the, to Disney World. So, yeah, I'll be, just look for more Disney art from Larissa. love it okay cool well thank you so much we'll be sure to link everything so people can find you in our show notes and that is going to wrap it up for us larissa thank you so much for joining us as always we appreciate it we love having you on the show thanks to all of our listeners for supporting us and being part of what we're doing remember you can find us online at the parks academy pod.com as well as the parks academy on instagram which is where we are most active um, thank you to our incredible sponsors, Neo Sabers and Deep Cut. You can use uh, the code TPA10 at checkout on both sites and get 10% off your first order. Remember to hit us up with a nice review and rating on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It helps with the show's discoverability and it, uh, it goes a long way. We really appreciate it. We love reading their, uh, what you guys have to say. Thanks again so much. We are going to continue on next week with another great episode and another amazing guest. And we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.